Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into His Word. Let's jump right into today's message. Um, We do want to welcome those of you that are watching online or you're listening online in our podcast. Hope Covenant, would you give our online viewers and listeners a wild round of applause? It's so good to have you. Listen, if you're ever in the Charlotte area, we'd love for you to stop by and we'll be sure to make you feel right at home. I want to encourage you, if you've got your Bibles this morning, we are on the value system of Jesus, part four. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness is today. Go ahead and turn to Matthew 5 if you would. I'm going to start at verse 1. I read this every single week in this series. We've got nine parts. Uh, I've been saying this every week. Some scholars say there's eight, but we believe there's nine. There's kind of two lumped together at the end. So we're going to do nine weeks of this series. Um, And I want to read this. Now, Jesus, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountainside and sat down. And his disciples came to him and began to teach them. And they said this, he said this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. We're going to focus on that today. Next week is blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and say and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. And I love this. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven for the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And I've been saying this every week that this is a countercultural thing. This goes against, I said the word anti-normal last week. This goes against our natural habits, our, our fleshly nature. You know, we have the heart is desperately wicked. This goes against our natural tendencies. And what scripture is doing here and what Jesus is doing is equipping us for how to have and take on his character. I said it a few weeks ago, and I want to say it again, that if we're filled with the Spirit, but we don't demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, I question the whole thing. I do that for myself. Can I get an amen with that? So we've got to make sure that we're demonstrating the character of Jesus, and His Spirit really helps us with that. So today I want to focus on, the, on week four. This is our, our key verse, Matthew 5, 6. That blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here this morning. And as we look at your word, which is living and active, Father, we ask that this would not be something that enters our ears, but that it enters into our hearts and changes us forever. If you believe that, would you shout amen. amen. So the Holy Spirit really drew me to this word filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. What does that mean? Our key verse, Matthew 5, 6, it's in a couple different translations I want to read this again to you out of the TLB translation. Happy are those who long to be just and good, for they shall complete, They will be completely satisfied. Matthew 5, 6, in another version, the New Century version, those who want to do right more than anything else are happy 
because God will fully satisfy them. Wow, I love that. God will fully satisfy us. Think about that. I want to dedicate today's message to every person who is not fully satisfied here in this place. How many of you are, are not fully satisfied? Now, I know I'm not fully satisfied. If you come up empty in an area of your life, I believe that this message is for you today. Have you ever stood in front of the refrigerator, you open up the fridge, and you're wanting something, and you stand there, and there's like 100 items in the refrigerator, but you can't decide which one you want. Like none of them feel like they're going to satisfy you in that moment. Has anybody ever been there before? I did that just this week. I, was, I literally, I think I spent like five minutes in front of the refrigerator just standing there pausing, looking in the fridge. <laughs> I, have you, I want to say this. You're hungry, but you, nothing satisfies you that you see. And I, I feel like we're in that place right now. I feel like many of you are in that place. I think this is a picture of life. Uh, I'm, I'm big on music, and Bono and U2, uh, one of my favorite groups. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an 80s kid, so that was like my, my jam was, was Bono and, and U2. And they wrote a song called I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. Let me give you some statistics about U2 so you can understand this. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Uh, U2 as a band, they're worth over $1.8 billion dollars. Okay, Bono is worth $700 million all by himself. So I think there's an audience for I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Now, I wanted to give you the statistics so you understand that. In other words, you see all around, and even in the supernatural, you could see that the world is desperate for the supernatural because we have psychics that are on the rise. So that's why I believe in prophecy because all psychic is is counterfeit for the Spirit of God. We believe in the prophetic. We believe you can get a word from the Lord if you ask for it. But there, you've got to remember that when God moves, there's the counterfeits right there. You always have the counterfeit money right there. So what is Jesus saying in, in Matthew 5, 6? He's saying, I've got a solution. If you're looking for a meal, you'll never, you'll, you'll never actually want to eat again. I've got something that will fill you up. I've got something that will satisfy you. I can offer you something is what Jesus is saying in Matthew 5, 6, that you'll never be hungry again. This will satisfy your hunger. Man, that would be awesome if I could eat something that I would never be hungry. I'd probably lose a lot of weight. Well, I want to look at Solomon today because Solomon was on this search for something that would fulfill him. And I want to look at this as scripture. This is really good, actually. I, I, I never saw this until I started studying this this week. Solomon, we know him as the, as the son of David. He was the wealthiest man, uh, really, in his day. And, and this, this dude was loaded. I mean, he had tons and tons and tons of cash. He was not cash poor. He had what he needed. But uh, let's go into Ecclesiastes 1, verse 18. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow, and the more knowledge, the more grief. See, Solomon was actually, he was on a search for wisdom. He's the wealthiest man alive. You would think he had everything he needed, but he was on a search because he felt empty and he needed more. So he, he started with trying to read books and, and, and gain this knowledge and this wisdom and these teachings. At the end of his journey and search for satisfaction, he says in Ecclesiastes 12, 12, of making many books, there is no end, and much study wearies the body. And then Solomon tries living his best life to satisfy. And here's what he says regarding, regarding this. He says in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 10 to 11, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure, 
My heart took delight in my labor, and this was the reward for my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. So now Solomon feels like the daily grind is overwhelming in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 17 to 18. And listen to how dark this gets on his search as he's not finding things of earthly material possessions and, and all the, and we're going to get to all of, and there's, this, there's more that he was actually searching for. But listen to how dark this gets. He says in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 17, so I hated life. Because the work that is done under the sun was grievous to me. All of it was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun, all the things I had searched for, because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. <laughs> so Solomon now tries investing, and he tries buying art. He tries, he tries a different thing. So he's searching for wisdom. That doesn't work out. Now he's, he does this. Listen to Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10 to 11. Whoever loves money has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This, too, is meaningless. I want to pause right here because I see a lot of us getting caught up in this trap. It's like we're trying to work and work and work and get money and buy better cars and buy bigger houses. And like, when are we going to find this happiness? Remember, just a few weeks ago, we discussed that the word happiness comes from the Latin word hap, which means happenings. And so your happiness is wrapped up in the happenings. Like when we have a good moment, I'm happy. When I have a bad moment, I'm unhappy. And we need the joy of the Lord to be our strength. Your stuff will never fulfill you. Do you know what the problem is in America, even while we don't break through oftentimes in areas of worship, is because we love our stuff too much. This room right now should be filled. Y'all that are watching online, I love y'all, and I'm so happy we can do online, but I want to encourage you to make a sacrifice and get here because there's something that happens when we're in the temple of the Lord and we collectively gather. The Bible says, do not forsake the assembling. What does that mean? It means get up and get in your car and come to church and be dedicated. This should not be a thing where you come once or twice a month. You should be here every week because there's anointing in the temple. That was free. <laughs> As goods increase, he says in Ecclesiastes 5.11, so do those who consume them, and what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on? In other words, I've got this piece of art, and I've got all this stuff, and I can say I have it, but, you know, okay, so what? So what? Solomon had so much wealth. Solomon was a king. Solomon in the natural, he was living his best life, but he felt lonely, he felt alone, and he felt empty. Now, check out where he goes here. Here's what Solomon says about himself in Ecclesiastes 4.8. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. In other words, there was nobody around him he could trust, is what he's trying to say there. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. So he sees his emptiness. He sees that this stuff isn't filling him. How many of you know when you don't get filled with the right thing, you start to go to the wrong thing? I'll say that again. You know, I, I'll say it like this. When I, I notice that when I, I don't eat my meal, 
at dinner, I get the munchies. How many of you, you know, the munchies? Around like 11, 12, 1, you get the munchies. And, and, and you start to fill yourself with things. Usually when I get the munchies, I don't run to like celery, okay? When I get the munchies, I run to the Doritos or I run to whatever I can find that's in the house. Liz tried to, to take all that away from me, and I rebuked her in the name of the Lord and bought them anyway, so they're still there. <laughs> Because I get the munchies at around 11, 12, 1 o'clock. And when I do, I will fill myself with the things that I don't need. And then they, now they have like the pizza Doritos, y'all. If you've never, I'm telling you, you have never lived. You have never lived. And there's all kinds of bad stuff in there. It's not healthy for you. There's like MSG. You read the ingredients, it's a mile long. I, my nutritionist said whenever you read the ingredients and there's like more than like four, you need to just put it down and walk away. Okay, so there's like something. To, yeah, but anyway, where I'm going with all this is when you don't satisfy yourself with healthy stuff, you're going to go to the unhealthy stuff and you're going to live your worst life because it doesn't end well when you don't properly give yourself the nutrition that you need. That's why so many Americans are sick because our diet is sick. That'll preach right there. Okay, we'll do another thing for health another time. Solomon says this in Ecclesiastes 12. Verse 13 to 14, the last and final word. Actually, no, I skipped something. Let's go back. So now he tries partying and he tries women because he's not satisfied with, with uh, all this other stuff. I, I skipped that. First Kings 11.3, he, Solomon, you can check this out. This is awesome. He had 700 wives. Lynn and I are thinking something right there. Of royal birth and 300 concubines. 700 wives and three, y'all, I'm trying to manage one. 700 wives and 300 concubines. He had a fur jacket and a big ring. The dude was pimping. That's what I read right there. 700 wives. I don't even know how. There was a preacher that told the joke that uh, this is a joke, and I want y'all to know I would never say this. Liz, I would never say this. I just want you to know that I'm not chauvinist like that. But there was, there was a, a professor teaching a Bible class, and uh, one of the students raised their hand and said, hey, uh, I just have to ask this about Solomon, like 700 wives, 300 concubines. How, did, how could he do that? Like, how does that even work? And the professor looked at him, kind of an old, cranky man, a curmudgeon type of guy, and he looks at him, and he goes, well, he was just hoping that, you know, in the morning, maybe one of them would wake up in a good mood. Sorry. I would never say that. I would never say that. That was that pastor, that, that professor. We're going to move on. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13 to 14. The last and final word is this. Fear God and do what he tells you. Fear God. This is not to be scared of God. This is to reverence and to honor. I love the word honor. It's like honor your mother and your father. Just fear God. In other words, reverence him, honor him, and just do what he says. This is not that complicated. We overcomplicate Christianity and we wonder why we're so miserable. The most miserable people I know are the people that do not fear God and they don't do what he says. It's really that simple. That's why parents are, try so hard with their children to say, listen, if you would just honor the, I've been there, baby. I've, I've crashed before. I'm telling you from experience, just fear God and do what he tells you. But, you know, we all have that sort of a maverick, independent thing. We're all trying to harness in that, that rebellious nature. And so we try things and we crash them and we go, okay, let's get back to, okay, fear God. And I'm going to do what he says because, man, that's so much easier and saves me so much trouble. Yeah. 
Just fear God and do what he tells you. When we say fear God, it means to honor him. Let's just establish this now that I want to say this, that God is not mad at you. And I love this line, and I, I wrote it down. And you might want to write this in your notes, that if you're here today and, and you feel like God is angry at you, the wrath of God has been satisfied by the blood of Jesus. I'll say that again. The wrath of God has been satisfied with the blood of Jesus. Now, I want to say this, and this is maybe risky, but I want to say this. Our ultimate goal when we see somebody that has sinned has got to be to restore them by the love of Jesus. So I don't believe in wrath from a Christian towards another Christian when you see them fall. Because the wrath of God has already been satisfied by the blood of Jesus, so we need to demonstrate that. In other words, calm your anger down. Calm down. It's been satisfied. So I want to say this, though, that we need to make sure that he's our Lord and can tell us what to do. We all love the Savior thing, and I'm going to harp on this until we get it. We all love to be saved, but again, he gives us instructions. He gives us a menu. It's kind of like worship. I heard a worship leader once say, hey, y'all just worship in your own way. And I was like, no, do not worship in your own way. He gave us a menu of how he likes worship. A whole menu in Psalms about how worship is supposed to look. He likes it loud. I'm sorry, y'all. He likes it loud. It says that heaven's going to be loud. It's going to be shouts. It's going to be timbrels. It's going to be dancing. That's why I try to get y'all to get a little excited on Sunday because he gave us a menu of how he likes it. We'll do that during a worship teaching one day. But we need to embrace the lordship of God. We need to embrace that. Verse 14, and that's it. Eventually, God will bring everything that we do out in the open and judge it according to its hidden intent, whether it's good or evil. Guys, I might just slip out of heaven that day. Just warning y'all. I might just, you know, hey, I'll be right back, y'all. Bathroom break, you know. No, it's not going to work like that. We're all going to be there. We're all going to be present. That's why I'm so big on repentance. Do you know that we have a moment now that is ordained and destined for right now? I know that doesn't sound very profound, but it really is. Because our whole society, we're not living in the now moment. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook. But are we embracing the now moment that God has ordained for right this minute? And do you understand that repentance now saves us grief later? I'm going to say that again. Repentance now saves us grief later. Because believe it or not, at Hope Covenant, we do believe there's a heaven and we do believe there's a hell. You go, well, I thought you said he's not angry. He's not. In his mercy, he gave you the blood that you can choose him now. But he also loves you enough that he gave you free will, that that's your choice. He's not a dictator. That's right. He's not. He gives you the option. You have free will. And if you blow him off, it does not end well. It's a hell of a choice, literally. St. Augustine said, thou hast formed us for thyself. And I'm going to explain that. And our hearts are restless till they find rest in thee. Think about that. Thou hast formed us for thyself. Let me break that into, we'll get rid of the thyself. And I'll read it more plainly in today's language. God formed you for himself. And our hearts are restless till we find God. You were designed for a purpose. We love the Great Commission, and we were designed for that. But our ultimate, what we were purposed for, we were designed to give God pleasure. Which is why, 
as our church, our highest of core values, we love repentance and we love worship. Everybody say repentance, repentance. and worship. Because that's what we were designed to do. You were designed to join with the 24 elders and the angels gathered around his throne saying, holy, holy, worthy, worthy is your name. That's what you were designed for. We think that worship is all about music. It's not about music. It's about the declaration of worthy, worthy, worthy. And there's a sick thing happening in the American church where this is becoming an idol. And we're worshiping songs and we're worshiping the platform and the stage. By the way, in this church, it's called a platform, not a stage, where there's no superstars here except one. It's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who we were designed to worship. The minute you get focused on you and it becomes about you and worship music culture, you are guilty of the same thing that got Satan kicked out of heaven. Same thing. You're out. You got to stay humble. We talked about that last week. In, in, in Jesus' menu, blessed are the meek. So St. Augustine clearly says that you were designed as a worshiper. I'm trying to make an appeal today that we need to find rest and satisfaction in living righteous right now. Don't wait. Don't delay. Because you are not guaranteed tomorrow. You're not. You know, I, 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 I told, um, we were on the phone with a good friend of ours last night, and I said to her, I said, I, you, you need to listen. Uh, Liz and I were on the phone. I said, you need to listen. I, I think this message is life-changing. She said, you say that about all of them. And I said to her, it's because I preach every message like it's the last message I'm ever going to preach. Because I know that I want to make an impact on this generation to the best of my ability. And I know that when I go to bed at night, I want to go to bed, I want to have a clear conscience with Jesus, and I want to have a clear conscience with Liz. Because I don't know if I'm going to wake up in the morning, but one thing I know is I'm going to be ready. That's why I don't get, in, I don't get into this debate about Calvinism versus Arminianism. And, you know, do you believe one saved, always saved? I listen, I believe live right and just worship God and live as a worshiper that's pleasing to him and just get over the theological debates because we're not going to get to heaven and find out how much of our theology is right anyway. We're going to get there and you're going to go, oops. Oh, I, I was wrong. Okay. Believe it or not, that day is coming. <laughs> Proverbs 21, verse 21, getting back to the message, and I'm almost done. Whoever pursues righteousness and love, we know that God is love. So whoever pursues God finds life and prosperity and honor. Most frustrating thing to me as a pastor is knowing that God has a prosperous, protected, and purposed life for each of you. But some of us choose not to take it. That is frustrating to me as a pastor. Believe it or not, I love you. And I want you to live a prosperous, I want you to live your best life. But in order to live your best life, you have to live his best menu for your life. I want to give you two things that will keep you from being hungry for God. And then I'm going to give you two ways that you could pursue righteousness and get all of God. So it's four things total, if I'm doing my math correct. (laughs) Two things that will keep you from God. One is we fill up on the wrong stuff. If you fill up on the wrong things right before your favorite meal, how many of y'all have ever been to Carabas and the bread comes out and you're like, yes, Lord, and you fill up on the bread? Yes, I, last night, I mean, I, I was like, Liz, take it away. Take it away. Take it away, girl. I, I, yeah, I did good. I didn't have any bread last night. But you fill up on bread and then you order this filet mignon 
or you ordered whatever it is that you order, whatever your, your favorite dish is, you order pasta, thank you, Jesus. And all of a sudden, you're not hungry because you filled up on the bread. We fill up on the wrong things. Sin tastes good, but it never satisfies. It tastes good in the moment, but it never satisfies. It, it amazes me how bad I feel after sin. I enjoyed that fleeting moment, and then it's gone, and I have to get right. It's like, okay, when am I going to get it that this is not worth it? If I keep beating my head on a wall, it's going to hurt after a while. Guys, we got to stop. We got to stop. Hebrews eleven twenty five. Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Moses had that figured out. Isaiah 55, verse 1 to 2, the Lord says, All you who are thirsty, come and drink. And those of you who do not have money, come and buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend your money on something that is not real food? Why work for something that doesn't really satisfy you? Listen closely to me and you will eat of what is good. Your soul will enjoy the rich food that satisfies. I want to give you an example. If I opened up Whole Foods right now and I said, I'm going to pay for anything you want at Whole Foods, go ahead and pick it all out, all that organic, expensive stuff that's overpriced, go ahead and live your best life, get whatever you want, it's on me, or you can go to Food Lion and you can pay for it yourself. Which one are you going to choose? You're going to choose Whole Foods, right? Somebody say Whole Foods to me. Okay, we're going to choose Whole Foods, okay? Why would you do that? Because it's on me. What he's saying here is you can eat and drink and it's on me. Yet you choose sin. I don't understand it. I give you the menu for righteousness that will make you happy and it'll satisfy you. Here's a free meal. It's all yours, but you have to choose it. Are y'all catching that? Today I'm trying to encourage you to eat healthy and choose God's menu. Number two is perhaps you've never experienced the goodness of God. Again, this is two things that will keep you from God. You go, how could that keep me from God? You know, if you've never had my dad's meatballs, you don't know what you're missing. I'm going to tell you that right now. You do not know. Y'all don't know. Y'all don't know. So you've had them. Lynn's like, I'm coming over. Lynn has this thing where he'll invite himself. I love it. He hasn't done it yet, but he keeps threatening, and I trust that you'll do it. He sees all my videos of the grill, and it's always at my parents' house because we don't cook at our house. It's just a little thing. We don't. We heat stuff up, but we use their house because it's awesome. It's free. It's a free. I'm, tell, I'm telling y'all, it preaches my message right there. But if you've never had my dad's meatballs, you don't know what you're missing. You have no idea. But once you've tasted them, I promise you, you go to Carabas and order meatballs, and everything else is inferior. Everything else is inferior. If you've used Charmin toilet paper. And then you go and buy the no-frill stuff. Everything else is inferior. I'm just giving you some examples, okay? Trying to make y'all kind of get this a little bit. <laughs> Liz is like, oh, Lord, I'm married to him. Perhaps you aren't eating healthy because you haven't tasted God's goodness. Once you taste of the Lord, you get addicted to quality food, I promise you. I promise you. But you got to step in the river. Psalms 34 Verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Like Paul, this is my prayer for you today. Ephesians 3, verses 18 and 19. I pray that you may have power 
together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. All of the fullness of God. That's my desire for you today, that you would be filled with all of the goodness and the greatness and the joy and all of his benefits. All of his benefits. Don't turn down his benefits. You know, when I, I got a job and I was younger and I wanted to turn down the benefits because I wanted to cash out. But what I didn't understand, and my dad sat me down and explained this to me. And he said, son, I need to explain this to you. I understand that you don't get all the benefits of your paycheck right now. But they're matching dollar for dollar in your 401k, which I didn't know anything about. I thought it was a 401k. He says in your 401k or your 403b or whatever it is that you have, it is dumb for you to turn down. This is free money for you, but you don't see it right now. When you sacrifice and you live holy, guys, not all the benefits you feel right in that moment, but I promise you it's coming. So dollar for dollar, get your 401k going on. That's what I'm trying to preach to you today. Righteousness is to be in right standing with God. Romans 1, 17, the good news shows how God makes people right with himself. Romans 3.25, we are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for us. Guys, the church has got to get back to the message of the blood and the cross. It's that simple, and it's that wonderful, and it's that awesome. And if we deviate from the blood and the cross, I don't want it. Jesus paid for our sin. The question is this. Do you desire to be in right standing with him? Romans 5, verse 9 to 11. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Jesus, remember, it's all washed. He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, thank you, Jesus, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in the wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. Y'all remember that song? I am a friend of God. And I had people who really took issue with that. Like, I, he's, whoa, 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 this is the master. Yeah, he is, but he also calls us friend. He's your friend. He loves you. He gave, listen, somebody who's willing to give their son to die for me, that's a friend. And the two ways you can pursue righteousness and get all of God, and I'm wrapping up right here. Number one is we are made right with God by coming into relationship with God. I've been saying this all throughout the series, that the goal is not that you're afraid that you're going to get whacked if you don't follow these instructions. The goal is that you have a lover that you want to please, and you're so in love with this God, with this Jesus that came and died for you. You're so in love that you don't want to disappoint him. I don't want to let Liz down. She's my wife. I love her. And when I disappoint her, it breaks my heart. If it doesn't break your heart when you disappoint God, you need to pray his conviction on your life. Righteousness includes right living on earth. Don't wait. Proverbs 14, verse 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. I believe this is the road. We'll call it feel good lane. You just do whatever you want in the moment. It's going to be all right. Live your best life now. Live your best life now is the stupidest phrase ever. It's the stupidest phrase ever. 
Because the smartest people I've ever seen, they invest, they buy the cheap cars, they don't live, they don't, they don't blow everything now, they're saving up for later. Our generation, we have never been trained in what it's like. You know that we're supposed to leave an inheritance for our children. If you live your best life now, you are not going to leave an inheritance for your children. That's not a godly way to live. Believe it or not, there's a godly principle of reserving and, and not, you know, this whole best life now thing, it's an unhealthy teaching. Number two, again, this is a way that we can pursue righteousness and get all of God as we have right living on earth by pursuing the lifestyle that God intends. Proverbs 12, verse 28, in the way of righteousness, there is life. And along that path is immortality. So living right leads to an eternity with Jesus in heaven. This is a life or death message, but it's your choice. God sacrificed his son. All we need is to accept him and to sacrifice sin. John 4, verse 26, you don't have to wait any longer or look any further. In other words, God's hope is here. You know, one of the main reasons why we name this church Hope Covenant is to understand when you're in covenant, when you're in right standing with God, there's tremendous hope that we can give to a generation that's hopeless. Do you know why a generation is so depressed right now? It's because they're not living the menu. They're opening the fridge. They're searching. They're searching. They're searching. And guys, we can't help with the search if we're not living it ourselves. It starts with me. It starts with me. This is a mirror. We take the log out of our own eye, not the splinter out of somebody else's. So I want to pray, and I want to I just give you an invitation this morning as we do this. If you're in a position where you're going, man, I have not been following this menu, this description. I'm struggling with sin in my life. It's this simple. When you repent and you invite him in as your Lord... You invite him in to tell you what to do and you accept his direction and his leadership for your life. He forgives you and he washes it clean that when you stand in heaven, it will be forgotten. It'll never be read. It'll be forgotten. It's washed under the blood. It never happened. That is the kind of Jesus that we, the kind of God that we serve, that he wipes it all. I'm so grateful for a God who forgave me of my sin and he forgives and he forgets. I feel like there's a few of you in the room today, I'm gonna to get prophetic for a minute, that you're holding on to an area of unforgiveness that's keeping you blocked from God. I wanna encourage you, you cannot be forgiven until you forgive, until you let go. You gotta let go, it never happened. That's the kind of God you serve, so we need to be that way with each other. So I wanna encourage you, if there's an area of sin in your life, Maybe you fleshed out this week. I know I, I had to repent before I walked in here of some things I was, the Lord was revealing to me. I want to encourage you is this simple. Let's just take a moment right now. And Father, we enter into your presence. And we thank you, Lord, for your grace. And we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your forgiveness that you're pouring it out on each of us this morning. Lord, we repent of anything that's blocking us or keeping us from you. And this morning, we ask that you would wash us, that you would wash us. And Lord, we ask that you would equip us, that Father, that you would, you would right now give us the, 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 the conviction to share this with others in the name of Jesus. I want to say this, if you're, maybe you're in the room or maybe you're watching online, maybe you're listening on our podcast and you're like, I, I've never heard this before. This is a new concept. 
We believe that when you pray and you ask God to come into your heart, you say, Jesus, I've been wrong, I've sinned, and I ask you to come and forgive me, and I invite you to rule and reign in my life. That very simply, he washes you, and you are now saved, that you can access heaven and eternity with Jesus. And so I want to invite you this morning, if you've never done that, to just pray this simple prayer. And I want to ask all of you to pray it with me. Say, Jesus, I invite you right now into my life. I repent of sin. All the things that keep me from you. I ask you to wash me. I thank you for your blood. And I accept you as the Lord and as the Savior of my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe that, we just shout amen and put your hands together. Listen, if that was the first time you ever prayed that prayer, the Bible says that all of heaven stops and rejoices. All of heaven, they notice you. You matter to God. And so you just entered into the kingdom of God. If that was your first time ever, we want to welcome you. Listen, if you're in this room and that was your first time, come and see me and Liz. We'd love to talk with you and and we'd love to encourage you and get you a Bible and all that fun stuff. But guys, thank you so much this week. Next week is going to be a good week too. Invite some people, take these cards, share what's going on here because this is good stuff. And we will see you next week. You guys are dismissed. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.